Welcome back to the Rugby League Digest. I'm Michael Adams here with Andrew Paskin. How's it going, Andy? Mate, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. And a big special hello to all our non-Patreons. This is another one of our nominally Patreon-exclusive episode that we've been putting out as we're preparing for Season 3 of the Super League War. So there's a lot to talk about, and you know it's good to hear from all of you again. We've actually got a very special reason, though, for putting this episode out on the main feed. So a friend of the show, Murray Croft, uh, has a really great fundraising initiative that is a real treat for any rugby league fan, especially any Penrith fan. So I had a bit of a chat to Murray about it, which we're going to hear about now. And at the end of that, we're going to come back and talk about our thoughts about Origin, about a great weekend we had, and even more. So Let's just throw right to my chat with Murray as we talk about the great Roy Simmons. Okay, I'm here with friend of the show, Panthers fan and bottle shop impresario, Murray Croft, uh, here, here for a, a very special cause. But I uh, first just wanted to say, g'day, Murray. It's good to speak to you. Uh, likewise, Michael. Thanks very much for having me on. It's, it's quite an honour, actually. Been a big fan of the show, so uh, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. Uh, Andy and I have long enjoyed your correspondence and... Lately, as we've been talking about the footy, we've realised that we've run out of things to say about the Panthers. So I thought before we get to the, the meat of why I'm talking to you, I would just give you the floor to you know, say whatever <laughs> you want to say about your team who are doing pretty well at the moment. I actually agree with you. Every time um, I go to put some comments on for the, the week that was, I'm like, I'm, I'm just repeating myself here. So <laughs> I actually said to my teenage daughter on, uh, on Friday night after the Cowboys when I said, Sweetheart, you better appreciate this because in five or ten years' time, you know, this can't last. It's just, it's unbelievable as a fan. I've followed them for most of my 44 years and, uh, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. So, um, mate, I'll take it and, um, yeah, move on to uh, talk about all the other goings on in footy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I'm having those same conversations with my son from the other end. I have to convince him that it's not always like this as a Dragons fan. So um, I, I hope I get to experience your side of the equation sometime soon. The cycle always turns, doesn't it? You just, <laughs> um, unless you're the Melbourne Storm, perhaps. But yeah. we'll see. <laughs> but, I, I mean, you're right. It's it's not always like this. And as a Panthers fan, there's been a lot of peaks and troughs over the years. And the first of those peaks, the, the one that I, I, I'm sure would have excited you as a as you would have been just about a teenager by that point if you're 44 now. So can you tell us a bit about 91 and where you were and, and what that meant for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, up until 2003, I'm sure it was a highlight of my life. Um, I was raised into a Panthers fans. Uh, so all my family, apart from my brother, he somehow escaped and is, is a para fan. But, um, so we were all behind it. The, the atmosphere in the town was, was great. 30-odd years ago, it still was um, fairly isolated from Sydney. Um, there was, you know, we had our own radio station and that kind of thing as well. Um, we'd just gone into the new colours, so that was that was kind of cool because 1990, we were in the grand final, of course, in the brown and white, mm. and, and the town painted itself brown and white. And then uh, 12 months later, back in the grand final, we had to paint ourselves uh, black, white, red, green, yeah. and yellow. Bound for Glory by Billy Idol was the adopted theme song, and that seemed to be playing everywhere. And oh, Angry Anderson, little... wasn't it? Was it Angry Anderson? Yeah, I think it was Angry Maybe Anderson. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, crap song, anyway. But um, <laughs> remember the 
you know, those, do you remember those rosettes that, that were kind of the go in the mid nineties? It's like really twee now when you think about it, but they were almost like um, the ribbon or the, the little sticker you'd get on first place in a, in yeah, a competition yeah, yeah. or something as a kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they were all bound for glory. Yeah. And um, I remember all that, and the, the mall was all decked out, and everyone was very excited. As a family, we went away down to St George's Basin with um, the family that lived across the road. They were big Panther fans as well. It was just the timing of it. We, we were down there and, and watching it together, and it was just great. It was. Um, I remember being very nervous in the lead up to uh, having had that disappointment the previous year, but that sense of confidence as well that the team had come on in that 12 months. And then uh, on full time, you know, a few celebrations and then drove back. And as we're driving back to the Blue Mountains, um, I was pestering Dad, you know, can we go to the Leagues Club? Can we go to the Leagues Club? And uh, he said, well, let's drive down Mulgoyle Road, which is the main road in Penrith, and, and we'll see. We'll see. And it was chaos. It was so good. It was so exciting. Everyone beeping their horns, waving their flags. So good. And then we managed to jag a spot right out the front of the Leagues Club and we went in and 13-year-old kids, wasn't what it would be these days, but yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it was just a great atmosphere. Everyone was so pleased and the monkey off the back, I guess. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing like it. been a long it, time there? coming. Yeah. And a great team, like so many of my favourite players as a child and someone right at the heart of it, of course, was Roy Simmons. Can you uh, put what Royce meant to you and Panthers fans into words? I probably can't, but I'll, I'll do my best because uh, he really is so revered and uh, you've certainly seen that over the last few months. A lot of people make the mistake thinking that Royce um, captained that side, but he'd captained the 1990 side and he'd been dropped. Uh, sorry, he'd been stripped of the captaincy in the off-season because Gus had said, don't know that you're going to be playing first grade all season because you know, you're past your best. So Brandy was the captain. From memory, Royce played... Uh, reserve grade for most of the season. I think he only came back for the last six or so games of the regular season and, and then into the into the final series. But he was always the heart and soul of the club. I can remember in mid-80s anyway, walking into the league's club for dinner and a big banner strewn across the foyer. Congratulations, Royce, our first ever Australian representative. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the club had been around for 20-odd years and he was the first one to play for yeah. Australia. Had a few offers from other clubs, but he just, he just stuck with Penrith. He's always, uh, everyone knows where he drinks. You know, he's always been just one of the locals around town. No airs or graces, or always stop and have a chat. So really endeared himself to the people. And to see him rise out of reserve grade to bag bag a double grand final is, I think, just warmed him to everyone, not just Panthers fans. That's totally true. And the terrible news that came out about Royce a few months ago, that was felt game-wide. And... And I think that'd be true for any player, but there was something, well, there is something special about Royce that I, I think Panthers fans and non-fans alike just felt it really strongly and personally. So it's terrible news. The way he's responded and, and some of the things he's been doing since have just been amazing. Can you speak a bit on that? Yeah, well, he knew that he was in a position, I guess, to, to raise some serious awareness and some investment behind Dementia Australia. So he's done his uh, big walk. He finished on Friday uh, from Goolagong, his hometown, uh, Independent Stadium. So 300 Ks was supported by many uh, former uh, colleagues and, and um, competitors over the years. And um, when he came into Panther Stadium, it was 575 grand that they raised. Wow. Um, 
he'd set a target for 50 or 100 or something, and he got 575, and then the Panthers board matched it with another 100K, and uh, they were calling for other donations. So he's, yeah, every chance it's going to be $700,000 or so uh, plus. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where it ends. But I think more than just that is probably put Alzheimer's and dementia kind of back into people's conversation and, and got people thinking about what that might mean for their, their loved ones or potentially even themselves down the track, you know? Yeah, and certainly from a, a rugby league point of view, it's it's something that, you know, it's conversations that need to be had and, you know, Royce isn't the only one we've seen. So a very worthwhile cause and, and that's kind of where you come in and, and why I'm speaking to you tonight because I think it's just a sensational opportunity for, for some Penrith fans or fans of the game in general to meet a hero and also raise a bit of money in the process. So, yeah, you've got the floor. Can you tell us a bit about what's going on with, with you and your shop? Yeah, thanks, Michael. Um, again, really appreciate you having me on and giving me this chance. Um, so you might, uh, many of us will remember that Royce made that promise in his state. It's unusual. They got him up to on the grand final podium. He wasn't the Clive Churchill winner. He wasn't the captain. He was just the lovable favourite that you know, had to have his say in the official presentation. And he says it's the worst decision of his life. He said that I hope to have a schooner with every one of you. So um, he's been held to that across... <laughs> uh, across the following 30-odd years. Um, and so I thought, thought that was a great opportunity for us. We've In our bottle shop at Glenbrook uh, in the Blue Mountains, we've got beer taps. Um, it's a growler system where you can bring in your, your vessel and you get it filled with keg beer. So we've actually got taps there that we can do schooners out of. So we've invited Royce, and he was more than happy to oblige. He's going to come up on uh, Monday the 6th of June and um, and share some schooners with some some people who have um, donated directly to Dementia Australia and and we've set it at ten people so that we get each person gets quality time with Royce you know it's not thirty people trying to yeah you know yeah. say they were in the same room with him but they actually do get to share a beer with him and um, yeah so there'll be ten people that have pledged the most money plus myself of course and uh, a few others uh, I know Nobby Clark's coming up who is uh, Royce's teammate. Maybe another one, I'm not sure, but um, it should be a really good night and we're putting the beer on. Yeah, can't wait. Looking forward to it. Selfishly, like this is like my ultimate, this is a dream come true for me. Yeah, amazing. So how do you get involved? How do you put a bid in? Yeah, sure. So if anyone wants to bid, uh, you can either go to our store Facebook page, which is uh, Murray's Porter's Liquor Glenbrook, and send us a message. If you want to, you can uh, email me, Directly, if that's easier, it's a long-winded email address, but it's Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, at murraysportersliquor.com.au. Um, give us a phone call, 4739-1549. I don't know. That's probably uh, it. Yeah, I'll say feel free to get in touch with me at the RLD on Facebook, Twitter, or via our email, and we'll make sure uh, that gets through to Murray as well. Oh, that's great, Michael. Thank you. Much appreciated. But yeah, so sure to be a fantastic night for a great cause. So I uh, think it's a really cool thing you're doing, Murray, and um, I hope you enjoy the night with Royce. I know that I sure will. Um, I'll report back and, and let you know how it all went. Yeah, uh, please If anyone do. does want to come along, yeah, please please do hit us up and, and make yourself known. It'd be great to meet some more people from the RLD community. And um, yeah. All right, good stuff. So enjoy the night, Murray, and um, thanks again for joining me tonight. Cheers. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye.
Yeah, so Murray Croft, uh, Porter's Liquor, Glenbrook, which is at the foot of the mountains. It's, you know, you're not heading over to Lithgow or anywhere. It's, you know, a very easy travel from anywhere in Sydney. So <laughs> just bagging Lithgow there, mate. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying if it's a bit of a track. Uh, what a great bloke he is. And that's just an amazing course. So let's, let's all get behind it if we can. Yeah. So we've been having a lot of fun doing the week-to-week shows on the Patreon, and it's good to get this one on the main feed as well because we're going to be hitting the main feed with all the Super League ones soon as well. And, um, yeah, it's just a great cause, and let's all get on board. I appreciate everyone's patience, and we're getting really close. We're doing a lot of work on it, and it's, um, yeah, can't wait for Season 3, which you'll hear about over the next few weeks. We're not that far off. So with that, let's get on to the week in rugby league or our week in rugby league in particular i want to start with our sunday arvo at lidcombe oval for our first official rld catch-up watching the magpies draw 21 all with the Jets. so a great afternoon was had by all we had dogs there in newtown outfits great crowd the odd hipster um probably ruined it a little bit but I really enjoyed Lidcombe Oval. It was a good vibe there and uh, great company with the um, Rugby League Digest listeners and we had a good laugh and a good chat and uh, we're going to do that again and COVID cannot stop us this time. No, yeah, we sure did. Um, shout out to everyone we caught up with on the day. Really nice afternoon. I'd never been to Lidcombe Oval. I, I'm shocked that it was still hosting first grade games, you know, in the mid-80s. But as a New South Wales Cup venue, um, couldn't have asked for a, a better spot for it. I've never been a fan of the running track around the ground, but the velodrome is also a, <laughs> it's probably a blight on the on the view, but yeah, it was, it was good. It was good vibe. Such a cool time. So I think that's going to be the template for all our future RLD catch-ups. So I think on the hill at a New South Wales Cup event or similar, so be it Henson Park, be it North Sydney Oval, even talking about taking it on the road closer to your hometown in Newcastle. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love to go to a Newcastle League one. And Michael's there handing out RLD um, stubby holders like a American drug kingpin handing out turkeys in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so that's the RLD promise. If you do come along to one of our catch-ups, you will get an RLD stubby holder. Now, we'd be remiss... Mick, to not mention the um, presentation by uh, the Magpies board and everything, and Mrs. Radonicus for the Tom Radonicus stand being named there. Yeah, so cool. So the grandstand there is being renamed the Tommy Radonicus OAM stand. Uh, temporary signage at the moment, which was seemed to be a source of consternation among Magpies officials that Cumberland Council couldn't get it sorted in time, but uh, a suitable <laughs> honour for a Magpies legend. If it was done in time, I'd be amazed. But <laughs> Yeah, it was, that was a good thing. And Tim Sheens was there, and um, he must have had his anti-bail-up um, defences up because we didn't get a chance to bail him up for Super League. No, Madge was there as well. So And um, quite a heavy first-grade uh, representation of the Magpies team in particular. Yeah, and... Um, wasn't that impressed by uh, Peachy playing, to be honest? No. Yeah, so Tyrone Peachy was starting at 5'8", and didn't really show that, you know, that's going to be his position and probably showed a lot less than you'd want to see from him in that competition. And you'd have to think, given the class of the bloke, that it was attitude. Yeah, but um, fantastic afternoon. Looking forward to organising a couple more before the year is out. So stay tuned for that. Uh, And then maybe we should get on with the show and... Probably the big news of the last few days is the Origin squads being announced. There's a lot of talking points for both teams. I want to say 
right at the top. There's some real head scratches, which I'm sure we'll dig into. But overall, it's just two really strong squads. It looks tight, doesn't it? Yeah, like I struggle to remember a time when the two teams were so evenly matched. Well, I was just looking on the the squads now, and uh, of course the betting's attached to the squads because it's rugby league, and the Blues are a dollar sixty. And what about Queensland? If you're a degenerate, you'd know that two thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that we're a gambling show, but a bit of value there for the Maroons. <laughs> we're a rugby league show, so by definition, we're a gambling show. <laughs> Um, let's start with New South Wales, and the biggest talking point is Josh Adokar. I don't know how he missed out. I mean, uh, he's playing with duds, fair enough, but he's he's the one shining. Like, <laughs> I struggle to think of a more like insane decision. I just don't know where it came from. Not only is it unfair for Fox, it's like it's also unfair for the salary cap because it sort of dissuades people from joining underperforming clubs. Well, that's right. Like, that's a big consideration. And when you factor in that you can, you know, make, you know, fifty dollars to $100,000 a year if you're playing three Origins and Tests and anything else, suddenly that becomes a major factor in your decision-making if something like this sets a precedent. Like, I just can't fathom how he was left out of the team. But also, Fittler's sort of known for, you know, he's known for thinking outside the box. He's doing yoga on the beach, whatever the hell he does with himself. Uh, but then he's the reason he's given is he wants the height of Tupo in the squad. I'm a Tupo guy, but he's only a solid play compared to Fox, who's a game winner, you know? To me, this harkens back to the eight-in-a-row era for Queensland, when New South Wales were picking really negatively, like yeah. picking defensive centres to contain GI, etc. Yeah. Like not, you know, picking the, the best attacking threats and the players who are going to give you the best chance of scoring and, and breaking games. Yeah, odd. I think it's just a really negative selection. It's not very Fittlerish. It's weird. And a few of our Patreons on our chat have mentioned that Tupo's not even going that great himself. No, I mean, he's never let anyone down at origin level, and he is tall. We'll give him that. But, um, yeah. I mean, how many kicks to the corner batbacks is, is it worth to have the Fox out who can run the length of the field off and drop ball? It's just so weird. And. I don't know, you know, Freddie's got the two series wins, but really lost to, you know, the air quotes, worst Queensland team of all time in 2020. That was on top of Queensland winning the series with JT's, you know, broken shoulder in 2017. Like, we should be going for six wins, six series wins in a row, and then we're not. And decisions like this make it easy to work out why. I'm happy he's picked on form in other areas, though. It's good to see that um, Crichton didn't get in and... Saifidi and Frizzell made the extended squad, but they're not in the squad. I don't think they deserve to be. Tariq Sims can count himself lucky, if you ask me. I understand why you would pick him. I don't like rewarding players like Sims who... He can be so good, but I I don't know, you you don't get enough of it. What's your take on Ryan Madison? I saw a friend of the show and long-time listener, Kyle Katasi, had some unkind words about him on the Patreon, but I think he's he's been rewarded for form. Yeah, I'm quite happy with that selection. You mentioned Crichton. We should touch on Stephen Crichton and his demotion to the bench in favour of Jack Whiten. You're, you know, the world's biggest Whiten booster. What did you think of this decision? I think it's odd, only in the fact that Whiten's more of a utility. It's like, I think he's playing uh, great footy the last week or two uh, since he came back from his break and uh, he's looking like a real Brett player again. 
but I, I think it's odd to have Crichton as the utility. The only thing I can think of is maybe Freddie thinks that in Whiten's origin career, he's looked better when he's played like a full game, not coming off in that bench utility role. role. So I, right, I can kind yeah. of I can kind of understand him saying, well, Whiten's a better player overall, therefore I'm going to pick him at centre. But if that's the case, if that's the logic... I'll have Hines or Coruscant as the bench. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, it's a wasted bench spot. I personally think Crichton should be starting... But if you're not going to make that call, then yeah, like I think Nico Hines would be a far better use of that spot. Speaking of the extended squad, what do you think of Suali? I don't think he's earned it yet, but I mean, not really his fault. He just hasn't been given an opportunity. I think maybe it's uh, they can see what he's going to be, so let's blood him, keep him in the league, keep him happy. It's a little bit premature for mine, but uh, I think he's going to be there, so no dramas with me. I've got dramas with it. To me, this is what emerging origin camps are for or you know like and I, I know they have kind of had the developmental player in the past but I, I don't know I, I would like to think that any of those five players could come into the team at any point and mm. I don't think Suwali's done anywhere near enough to be at the level where we're talking about him as an origin player well it'd be a bit crook if they had a winger injured and he'd come in and then Fox is out <laughs> yeah 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 exactly I just think it's a well-rounded side, though. Like, Cook's in form. I think Haas and Paulo. Haas seems to be, um, you know, okay, despite his contract drama. Apparently, he's got a an advisor on his life, Sonny Bill Williams, who's um, <laughs> going to keep him on the straight and narrow. But um, hopefully, he plays to his ability. Um, yeah, so there's some head scratches, but I still think it's a really strong team. I'm very interested to see what Katoni Staggs does. I just got such high hopes for him. I think he's going to yeah. get gun. I think he's got origin written all over him. Yep. Um, what about <laughs> great, the Queensland team? Great leg speed is to, to, <laughs> to quote the boys. But um, Queensland team, I'm, I'm impressed by that as well. Now they've got the old heads like Gay Guy and whatever who got picked. Um, and then they've got Cobbo and, and uh, Cotter and those sort of guys that they've picked, Dearden in the extended squad. So I'm, I'm happy that they've rewarded some form as well. The thing that stood out to me, immediately with Queensland was that extended squad and how strong it is with Gyaro, you know, the hammer, Tulungi, you know, like Flegler. Like it's for the past couple of years when there's been questions about Queensland's depth and, you know, whether they could match it with New South Wales. And, you know, once you get two, two or three New South Wales series wins in a row, then the very future of origin is questioned. So, you know, whether this was the end of origin, but suddenly you got such a strong 17 and talent just bursting out of the seams like to you know be the next generation of players coming in absolutely man i mean i'm looking at this squad and it's just like look at uh the front row tino and papali versus paulo and um haas i mean good lord yeah happy for the young kid nanai from north queensland i think patrick Mm. carrigan's got origin written all over him for 10 years yeah do you think this is a big game for kalen ponga there's been a you know a lot of questions about you know, whether he's the guy to take Newcastle to the, you know, to the promised land and question marks as to whether he is as good as we've been told he is. Yeah, I think it's a big game, but I mean, he has been playing much better of late. Saw the highlights of the Knights game and he was super classy. So I tell you, who, the ace in their hole is Cameron Munster, despite mm. the haircut, which I can't believe he's cleaned up his act and then gone for the peroxide blonde hair look. Uh, 
ultimate Muglair statement, but he's playing the best football of his career, which is outstanding football, obviously. Well, doesn't make you feel any better or worse to know that the haircut is a Melbourne Storm, you know, tradition where um, it's the, essentially a Goose of the Week shirt, but in oh, peroxide right. on the hair. So what did he do to earn that goose? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know what he did, but so on the one hand, he loses Muglair points because it was, you know, a team decision, not a personal one. But he's carrying on like a Muglair, presumably at training <laughs> or, you know, at the pub afterwards. So, well, hopefully it's not at the pub because that's what's helping him the no booze. But I mean, um, yeah, that makes a whole lot of difference if it's a team tradition. <laughs> but if you look like Kid Rock, you don't want peroxide hair. <laughs> yeah, surely he'll have that shaved by Wednesday night. So Harry Grant is injured, not badly, but that's a bit of a problem for them. Yeah. He's Queensland origin legend and he has earned that status. Dane Gagai, is he past it though? Because he doesn't look that great at Newcastle. Yeah, but it's origin Gagai. I think like they're going to ride with origin Gagai until, you know, he's not origin Gagai anymore. So... <laughs> I'm expecting his usual double and, you know, it, it'll all be fine. Is Freddie thinking that Coates and Cobbo are the ultimate aerial assaultists, is he? I mean, I mean, it seems to be the case. I wouldn't say that they're any more um, any more aerial than any other good winger. Yeah, it, it remains strange. And, and also you've got like Toos, you know, like very low centre of gravity. And I guess the one tall winger maybe counteracts that. But yeah, it's... I don't know. It's it's just really strange from Freddie. <laughs> They're asking Toho about catching the bombs, and he said something like, all you do is just squeeze your glutes and, and hope, <laughs> which made me laugh. <laughs> I, don't know how, I didn't know they, they squeeze their glutes prior to catching bombs, <laughs> but they do, apparently. I want to ask how you're feeling about this. So last week we talked about, or you mentioned, the you gave the, the journos a pat on the back for not, you know, hyping up Origin from round one and, Bolter talk from the preseason and and everything that we all <laughs> usually get over the course of an origin cycle. I feel like maybe since COVID, the 2020 you know series at the end of the year, that kind of changed things because I feel like it was a bit muted last year as well. It feels like maybe we've you know like things have changed a little bit. As a consequence, origin seems to just have snuck up on us and i kind of like the surprise but how do you feel do you think we're missing any buzz because of it no i, I like it and i think origin just gets the buzz naturally the day before yeah. the day of everyone's like oh origin what's, who's going out to the pub who's going to a party who's going to be at home it's not going to change people watching it so i'm happy that the nrl's got strengthened because of that yeah yeah you know what we haven't mentioned though and this is a major factor freddie won two series like you said billy slater on debut Mm, yeah, yeah. I've got every confidence in Billy Slater to do a job because he's just a born winner, but still, debut is debut. Yeah, exactly. And as much as you, you can argue that the origin coach is in some ways a ceremonial position, like it didn't work out for Loz, it didn't work out for Kevin Walters, you know, like you need to have some nows. <laughs> it had morons like me saying he'll, he'll never be an NRL coach. <laughs> Next thing you know, the Broncos yeah. are in the top four. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's more a um, camaraderie uh, leader in Origin, I think. So I think Slater's got that. Yeah. I don't think Cameron Smith would have it. I think his aloofness wouldn't go well in Origin coaching. Yeah, I tend to agree, hey. All right, that's probably enough Origin talk. I don't want to harp too much on the 
games of the round. You know, we were out for you know some of it. I I didn't see all the games. So what I did see though was was all the jersey designs. So Indigenous round, some real quality jerseys. I thought. Do you want to maybe just talk about some of your favourites? Yeah, I rated them all, and um, it was discussed that, that maybe we, we weren't trash the ones we didn't like because someone's designed them and put their effort in, whatever. But I say bugger that. If you've got a shit jersey, it's a shit jersey, no matter what design. Um, I'd like the refs jerseys to start off with. That was really understated and uh, classy. Just a little design around the upper torso, went around like a necklace sort of thing. Thought it was really cool, fit in with the green. I like the Melwood Violet Crumble looking one. Thought that was really cool. They were sort of eels, I think. But with their colour scheme, it was a bit Violet Crumble-ish. I, uh, just on that Melbourne jersey, I think it's one of the best Indigenous round designs I've seen, except for the fact that I wish it was a Broncos jersey. Yeah, well, they had a go at something out of the box as well, given marks for that, but it didn't quite work. It was a bit too out there, the Broncos one. Well, the Broncos jersey is my other talking point about them, which is I feel with these, you know, special themed round jerseys, I like it when they stay within the colours of the club. Well, Penrith did that beautifully. The Broncos one, it was such an outlier. It's, you know, this kind of very colourful rainbowy kind of design that it's such an outlier that you get away with it. But I want to turn on the TV, and if I don't know who's playing, I want to be able to identify who's playing by their colours. I was getting right into it because, you know, we love Jersey talk on this show, but I mean, and I'm thinking, like, they're sort of on a hide into nothing either way. If you go safe, like a lot of them did go safe, 7 out of 10, like the Tigers of a nice just had some good safe designs that fit in their colours and it was like, you know, they were were good, they were fine. But then you you think, well, it's a bit boring, let's go out of the box, and you go out of the box and everyone's like, what's going on there, you idiots? So... Well, I can see by your ratings, we're in agreement as to the best jersey of the round which was the titans magnificent but i'd say it was kind of a little bit safe you know yeah yeah it was i mean indigenous designs look cool but it was like how they stayed in their colors and it was uh it was better than their normal jersey actually yeah yeah (laughs) i thought the same for the tigers i'd be quite happy seeing the tigers wear that every week yeah that was cool that was uh especially compared to the other one the one that i wanted to say was like a bit how you going and i thought they phoned it in with easts yeah it was just their white jersey with a few little designs around the stomach. It's like, you know, if you're not going to have a go, don't even worry about it. <laughs> I get that. But I also, when I was watching the Melbourne Manly game, I thought it was a bit clashy. Like there were a couple of times in the goal line where it took me a moment to work out which team had it. And I think that's something we've started to see with the themed jerseys over the last couple of years. You're getting like clashes kind of semi-regularly. Well, there's that many jerseys now that you, you mathematically you can't avoid the clashes. <laughs> no, so I, I, but I, I kind of think if the home team gets to nominate their base colour and the away team has to, you know, work their jersey around that or a system like that, I think it would, would solve some of those problems. I want to give a shout out to the para designer because it was a little bit busy, but they had a real go at something different. They had a big boomerang under the um, uh, collar. Mm. And it looked really uh, striking. I thought that was a yeah. good, good effort. That I mean, a little bit wild elsewhere, but uh, I thought that was a, something different, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was another success. It's always a great round that. And um, yeah, I don't know whether it was just me looking out for it, but there seems to be loads of like indigenous players scoring too that round. I it seems to happen that way every year, and and maybe it is just because 
you're looking out for it a bit more. And there's always stories in the week about, you know, Cody Walker or whoever. But I feel like you always do see heaps of tries by um, Indigenous players in the round. In saying that, it could be any week that Selwyn Cobo scores. Yeah, well, 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 that's it. Like, you see it every week anyway, so... (laughs) We might move on to the rest of the round. I'm just going to quickly say on the Dragons, I was spewing to miss the first Belmore game in you know since the 90s. Why? <laughs> yeah, I think watching it back, it's nice to do every once in a while, but you know Belmore's kind of had its day. I prefer Lincoln to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, good to get the win. Um, a bit of signing news to talk about. Firstly, is the I guess it's the non-signing or the the reverse signing with Payne Haas requesting a release from the Broncos. What'd you make of that? <laughs> well, he's, he's withdrawn the release request I've read today, so um, yeah. must have been advised by SBW. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate when they take their like contract threats public. Yeah, I think it's embarrassing, but um, there's no way they're letting him go. No, and I think that would have been a line in the sand moment. It's you can play with us or you know, sit around for a couple of years because that was just ridiculous. It came out, I don't know how true this is, but he wanted clauses inserted in his contract that if the Broncos didn't make the top eight next year and that, you know, the top six or the top four the year after, then he could walk away from the contract. I mean, it actually screams Sonny Bill, like this whole, like, you're only an athlete for a short time, so it's me, 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 this, like, boxing promotion attitude. Yeah. It doesn't fit in rugby league. No. A team sport, if you will. <laughs> and then the story that came out that um, because of his religion, he was unhappy with the, the betting sponsorship on the Broncos jersey, to which he'd have to say, if this is your problem, rugby league's not your game. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't share his religion, but I when I open up NRL.com and have to watch a sports bet ad before every highlights clip, I share Payne's uh, pain. <laughs> oh, Watching KO, every single ad is like a betting ad. And one of them has this great like mini Ripperton song that like I love. It's one of my favorite songs. And now I have to hear it on this bloody stupid sports bet ad or whatever. Um, I, don't, I don't know how we got onto mini Ripperton's talk, but. So more about mini Ripperton next week. <laughs> I guess the last bit of signing news that the Dolphins. Landing a fairly big fish in Ryan Madison. Well, proof that um, Wayne Bennett is a listener because last week we were questioning whether they had any big enough signings to make anyone want to support them. And lo and behold, a week later, it's a big signing. Is it big enough? Well, he's an origin player. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a good signing. I still kind of feel my words last week were not misguided when you consider that, all right, so here, here's who they've got so far. Uh, Mark Nichols coming from South. Jesse Bromwich, uh, Kenny Bromwich and Felice Kafusi, uh, and then Ray Stone from the Eels, Tom Gilbert, JJ Collins, and Connolly Lamulu, as well as uh, Ewan Aitken. So there's work to be done, but it's certainly the most positive bit of signing news out of the Dolphins to date. Um, still plenty of time, though. Plenty of disgruntled yeah. players that want to move contracts. And... Yeah. I'm just hoping from a Dragons perspective, the rumours about Amon heading up there aren't true there's another signing news is adam elliott's going to newcastle to be with his yeah girlfriend, yeah Millie boyle i think yeah. that's a fantastic signing for them he's been just about our player of the year mm. 
do you feel because uh, I've seen a bit of sentiment among Canberra fans about you know he owes the club he owes Sticky for for taking a chance when he was out the door of the NRL do you feel any of that bitterness I'm sure Sticky's let him know that um, in no uncertain terms <laughs> but I think he's repaid um, I mean, he wouldn't have signed for a, a mozza so I think he's repaid it in, in spades in my view yeah. But, I'm sure there's some other alcohol-fueled scandal cast off we can get next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and just the last thing on our run sheet, I guess, is the knives seem to be out again for Maguire at the Tigers. Is this a journalist-led assault on this man? I mean, he hasn't set the world on fire, but he's he hasn't been given the greatest pieces to play with either. So, I mean, is replacing him with um, John Morris going to really win him a comp? Like, you know? No, it's not, but it's probably an you know a necessary move to make the divorce now. Like they probably should have made it last year. And I come back to the question: Who do you replace him with? Is it going to be Shane Flanagan? Is it going to be you know? Generally, you want to replace it with someone better. Yeah. Um. And speaking of Flanagan, he's looks like almost certainly going to be the next Bulldogs coach. I think that's a good fit, actually. Yeah. Um. I think he's a really good coach, Flanagan, but he's just got that stink around him with all that yeah. stuff. But he's got his son there. He can maybe get the best out of him. and yeah, He's got experience. I think that's the best thing the Bulldogs can do is get him. That would also prevent the mooted player swap uh, between Jaden Sullivan and Kyle Flanagan, which if, if the Dragons <laughs> pull the trigger on that move... <laughs> like... Would you be out there protesting, say that same? <laughs> I'd be with the banner saying, bring back Doust. <laughs> I've, I'm yet to see the bring back Dow's banner. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we better get out of here. I got to get my head back into the books and get cracking on Super League. So if you liked what you heard tonight and you're not a Patreon, consider signing up. Uh, it helps us out as we put all the work in for Super League. Um, just to reiterate, the Super League series will always be free and on the main feed this is just a little bonus that we do gives us a chance to talk about modern footy which is so much fun i love doing the week to week now yeah it's been a lot of fun thank you to all our patreons for your support thank you for everyone else for listening uh please um get involved in murray croft's initiative and put your bid in to have a schooner with roy simmons out at glenbrook and um that's going to be great and uh we will speak to you next time Take care.